The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went out and began to plot against Jesus, discussing how to destroy him. Jesus knew this and withdrew from the district. Many followed him and he cured them all, but warned them not to make him known. This was to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, Here is my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, the favorite of my soul. I will endow him with my spirit, and he will proclaim the true faith to the nations. He will not bawl or shout, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. He will not break the crushed reed, nor put out the smoldering wick, till he has led the truth to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. The Gospel of the Lord. During our retreat during this week, we have been reflecting on the theme to be a disciple of Christ today. And on this last day, we will take Mary as our example. In many towns and villages throughout the country, and by many roadsides and crossroads, there are public shrines to Our Lady. Most have a more or less similar style and layout, often with benches and shrubbery positioned before a statue of Mary in her distinctive blue and white colors. Most of these date from the 1950s, when there was a tremendous outpouring of devotion to Our Lady. This coincided with Pope Pius XII's declaration in 1950 of the dogma of the Assumption of Mary into Heaven, and with the Marian year of 1954, as well as with the build-up to the 1958 centenary celebrations of the Lourdes apparitions. You could say it was a high point in the history of Marian devotion. Our church here at Mount St. Alphonsus reflects that devotion, and of course through our novena in honor of our mother perpetual help, has helped to promote it. This church has three Our Lady chapels. The oldest in honor of Our Lady of Grace, is at the far left facing the high altar, this one here. There is also the chapel of Our Lady of Sorrows, which has a colorful statue of the Pieta at his center, over here. And of course, there is the shrine to Our Mother of Perpetual Help, completed in 1869 to honor the icon which arrived here in 1867, the oldest copy of the icon in Ireland. These three chapels reflect the significance of the Mother of Jesus in the life of St. Alphonsus and in the life of the Church. The Church in East and West has always fostered devotion to Mary. The liturgical calendar is punctuated with her feasts. 
churches have been dedicated to her name. Numerous titles have been conferred on her. Devotions are held in her honor, such as this, while the rosary is amongst the most popular Catholic prayers going back a long time. The church has declared, as you know, two dogmas about Mary, the doctrine of her immaculate conception and her bodily assumption. Many Catholics could be forgiven for seeing Mary as being almost superhuman, a semi-deity. Church leaders have been aware of this danger. That is why at Vatican II, they resisted demands to issue a special decree solely devoted to Mary. They didn't want to isolate her from the other great figures in the story of salvation. Of course, the Church honors Mary in a special way, but it is careful to emphasize what she has in common with the community of believers. Mary is the mother of God, but more importantly, she is, or just as importantly, she is first among the saints. Vatican II speaks about Mary, especially in the Constitution on the Church, Lumen Gentium, issued in 1964. This is Vatican II's primary document on the nature of the Church. And in locating Mary in this document, the Church wanted to stress her role as a preeminent member of the Church. She is a model for how we should live because, as the document says, she unites and mirrors within herself the central truths of the faith. That is why we honor her as we do. She unites and mirrors within herself the central truths of the faith. Uh, in today's retreat, I reflect on three um, reasons why Mary is so important to us. The first is about faith, the need to keep growing in our faith. Mary was human. She had doubts. She had agency. Her yes was not a pre-programmed response. She was a woman of critical reflection who pondered things deeply, not rash or impulsive like Peter was. When confronted with God's plan for her, she was perplexed. Later, she worried about Jesus, what he was up to, the trouble he was getting himself into. She was on a constant learning curve, growing in her understanding of God's plan for her and humanity, growing in faith, growing in discipleship, all the way to the foot of the cross. That's why she is first among the saints. Like Mary, our faith is always a work in progress. No matter how long we've been around, or whatever our rank or role in the church, our faith is always a work in progress. We have our doubts, disappointments, and struggles. 
God's ways are not always clear to us, but that's okay because, like Mary, we are only human after all. You may have heard of a song a couple of years ago by Rag and Bone Man called I'm Only Human After All. Mary was human, which means we must, of course, avoid the temptation to deify her. There is a danger in exalting her so much we make her inaccessible, godlike, remote. Of course, she was graced in a uniquely singular way, privileged like no other in history, but she was human after all, just like us. That's essential to remember because it makes her more relatable. It's why those present at Vatican II resisted singling her out from the other saints. They wanted to emphasize that she is one of us. I don't need to tell you this is a challenging time for people of faith. An aggressive secularism is on the rise. Belief in God is ridiculed. Many see the church as sinister and destructive. The collapse in vocations is especially painful for religious and priests. But maybe one positive from this challenging situation is that it provokes us to think about why we stay when so many others have gone. What keeps me here? What brings you here? Why do I hold on to my faith when so many others have let it go, even within my family? Mary helps us here. She had to work through things too. She struggled. She experienced doubts, bewilderment, confusion. Her faith was not an automatic thing, but she persisted. She kept growing in knowledge and love of God. She followed the path of discipleship to the foot of the cross and beyond. And that's what makes her helpful for anyone puzzled by or questioning of the faith. Think about your faith on this glorious sunny day. What nourishes it? How mature is it? Follow the example of Mary, our mother and our model.